Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of this episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. Bonus pod as we get the news that Damian Lillard is not heading to the Miami Heat. In fact, he's heading to the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll chat with the boss, Bill Simmons, in just a little bit. We'll get his take on this thing. What does this mean for the Celtics? Should they go after Drew Holiday now that Drew Holiday is on the Portland Trailblazers? So before we get to Bill, just a couple of thoughts on this. The Bucks basically gave up Drew Holiday in a 2029 first rounder to get Damian Lillard, where... If you're them, I totally understand it from their perspective, right? And Holiday was there for a championship with them. But Giannis, this whole contract thing. So I understand why they'll go after him. But I just, I can't believe that that's all they gave up. Because really, Aiton is the main piece going back to the Blazers. And they get him from the Suns. The Suns obviously wanted flexibility. Not to mention the fact that the Blazers get off the Nurkic contract as well. So I have to imagine that was a large piece of it from Portland's perspective, right? And obviously, they prefer... Aiton to Hero because they have a million guards and they just drafted Scoot Henderson, who in a couple of years could be one of the best point guards in the NBA. So he's going to be your primary ball handler. Do you really need Hero? So I understand it. Like Aiton maybe doesn't have the value that he did a couple of years ago. He's had some issues with the Suns, but maybe they say, hey, fresh start. We can get it going there. I did think it was going to be a bad thing if the Heat got him, right? Not just from a Celtics angle on this, but from a league's angle on this, because basically... Damian Lillard was trying to force himself to one team. Now, Dame's agent did say, Aaron Goodwin said, they did everything they could to acquire Dame. This is him speaking of the Heat. It takes two to get a deal done. I appreciate Pat, Andy, and them trying to get this to happen. So I just think it's good for the league that this didn't happen, that he didn't go to Miami, just because 
Miami is considered to be one of the destinations along with the Lakers, right? And I guess not really the Knicks. The Knicks don't really land any big free agents, but basically it's the Lakers and the Heat in terms of those big free agent markets. I guess Golden State, you can say, could be. I mean, they did land Kevin Durant once upon a time. But my whole point with that is just you can't have a guy that has so much time left on his contract where you just let him go to the destination he wants. It's one thing if he has one year left or two years left, but he agreed to that contract. And I'm glad that Portland didn't get strong-armed into that situation. And clearly, like, to the people that say that, hey, Miami offered all these draft picks as well, well, clearly, they feel like they have their next superstar already on the roster, and they feel a lot better about adding Aiton than adding Hero. So I have no issue with Portland sending him to Milwaukee rather than Miami. In fact, I sort of applaud it. The thing that concerns me is if you look at Damian Lillard last year with him on the court the Blazers had a 120.3 offensive rating that was in the 92nd percentile remember he played on the Blazers one of the worst teams in the NBA that's via cleaning the glass the on off differential was plus 11.3 in the 99th percentile so he was basically one of the most impactful on ball players offensive players in general in the entire NBA As a pick-and-roll ball handler, which he's going to have a lot of opportunities to do that with Giannis, 12.5 points per game, that was first. And he took a league-high 7.4 pull-up threes per game, hit 37.2% of those. Those are tough shots that Damian Lillard can make, and they're going to be easier shots now that he has Giannis. And Giannis, on the other side of things, with him on the court defensively, they had a 110.3 defensive rating, did the Milwaukee Bucks. That was in the 91st percentile. So I think during the regular season, the Bucks are going to be a juggernaut of a team, especially if they can keep Dame healthy. But I do feel somewhat confident about sort of the guys that the Celtics have, and we'll get into this with Bill in greater detail, but the guys that the Celtics have that they can throw on Damian Lillard in a potential playoff series. The one thing I will mention, which I think this goes under the radar, and I did mention this during free agency, the one thing that concerns me about the Bucks in the postseason is not so much about Lillard. It's more about Giannis. And you're saying, yeah, no shit, Brian. Like Giannis is one of the best players in the NBA. Of course, you'd be concerned about Giannis. But think about who your two best Giannis stoppers have been. Grant Williams and Al Horford. Al Horford is old. He did not look like the same player in the postseason. And I know the Celtics, hopefully they can do a good job getting him rest during the season because two years ago, he played way too many minutes. But Grant Williams, and I know that he kind of soured on him last year in terms of he wasn't the same defender he was for the majority of the season, but he was good when they played the Bucs and he was good when they played Giannis. That big body that can sort of bother Giannis, you don't really have that on the roster. So that's my concern more than anything now that he has a legitimate partner in crime because I love Holiday, but he's not the same offensive player that, of course, Damian Lillard is. But I do wonder who is going to be that guy that emerges as the Giannis stopper on this team. I don't think you can rely on a guy like Al Horford to do it anymore. Tatum has been overpowered in the past, but he has put on a lot of weight. We'll get into this with Bill as well. Maybe it's Tatum. Maybe Tatum thinks that he can take on Giannis now. Is it a rookie like a Jordan Walsh? Like It's just it's interesting to me how they're going to match up with Giannis in a potential playoff series. And I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves right now in terms of what's going to go on in the postseason. But that's the thing that concerns me more than anything in terms of a potential playoff series against Milwaukee down the road when we eventually get to that point is who's covering Giannis. Because it feels like, I would say, you had two of the best four to five guys in the league to do that matchup or take on that matchup against Giannis. And now it's like, 
you kind of have half a guy because I'm not so sure what you're going to get out of Horford coming up this year. All right, coming up next, we'll chat with the boss, Bill Simmons. We'll get into the Boston angle of all this. Will the Celtics go after Drew Holiday? We'll answer that next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back into Off the Pike. Joining us now, the boss, Bill Simmons. He just couldn't stay away. He wanted to talk about Tanner Houck and his implosion on the mound on Monday night. He wanted to get his Red Sox fix in. Bill, what's going on, man? I, are the Red Sox still playing? I didn't realize. <laughs> the, the season's not over. It ended for me six weeks ago. Well, I talked with your buddy, Cousin Sal, about that. He's sweating out the over that he has on the Red Sox. Over a 78 and a half, I think it is. So oh he's sweating gosh. that out. They're probably going to find a way not to get that. But in all seriousness, I told him not to do that. Yeah, well, it looked good for most of the season. I'll say that. And then they just decided after the trade deadline that they were going to completely implode. But hey, one major victory from that Heim Bloom Bloom is no longer running the Red Sox organization. But of course, we have you on to get the Boston side of this Damian Lillard trade, who now goes to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Celtics on FanDuel were the favorites to win the NBA championship before this trade. Now the Bucks are the favorites. And from a Celtics perspective... Is that true? I know... Yeah, FanDuel has the Bucks now up to, let me see what I had it at here. They oh were, my God. Oh, the, the, yeah, even the, the Nuggets dropped behind. The Nuggets are now third, which I never understood why the Nuggets were, the Celtics were ahead of the Nuggets, I should say. But yeah, yeah. now the, the Bucks are the favorite to win the championship. The Celtics are second. And then they have Denver at third, which is still surprising to me considering what Denver just did. But From a Celtics angle on this, the first thing that I thought of was we were talking about this all summer long, like what would it mean if the Heat got him? And I almost feel like from a Celtics angle, it's worse that the Bucs got him. I know that Jimmy Butler and company just had that run to the NBA Finals, but now you have one of the most dominating interior forces in the NBA in Giannis to go along with Damian Lillard. Like Drew Holiday is a great player and we can get to him in a second here, whether or not the Celtics should put something together to try to go after him. But I just feel like this is worse for the Celtics that he went to the Bucs than him going to the Heat, which everybody assumed that would happen for a long time now. I disagree. I think oh, really? putting him putting him with Jimmy and, and uh, Bam, I think with all the other stuff Miami has and their ability to keep getting guys. You know, from a Milwaukee standpoint, this just felt like a, a Giannis Hail Mary. I'm not sure it changes their long-term destiny because they're still a pretty old team. 
And defensively, you know, they, they couldn't stop Miami last year in the playoffs and now they just got worse. So Dame's going to have to be like a spectacular score for them. It's, it's somebody that I think the Celtics would match up with pretty well in a playoff series because they have multiple guards to throw at him. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a really nice matchup for Derek white. It's funny. You led with what this meant for the Celtics from the Dame standpoint. I immediately went to the drew. I'm an only child. I'm a Boston fan. I'm going to immediately just think about my team in general with this stuff. But I just immediately went to could drew come to the Celtics because Portland's not keeping them. Um, you know, they made a terrific trade and it's going to be an even better trade when they parlay drew into whatever he's worth. And Drew's going to be attractive to a contending team. He's got a year left on his contract. Um, he's pretty tradable, right? It's not like he's making 50 million a year. So, you know, the list of teams that could go after him that would want a guy like him is not long. And for the Celtics, they have the Brogdon contract, which, you know, that situation's a disaster. And we haven't even heard from him yet. They have a bunch of picks. They have a bunch of second round picks. And it seems realistic to me that they could get him without touching Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, or Porzingis. And if you can do that and you can add Drew Holiday to the nucleus that they have, I would actually, then I would think they're legitimately the favorite. Because if you have a White and Drew backcourt and how flexible that is, and you can switch on everything now with Tatum and Brown and then the centers, um, that's, that's huge. And they have the pick swaps and the picks and, um, and the contracts to make a trade. And I think that's what Portland wants. Portland doesn't want to be good next year. They don't want Drew Holiday, you know, so they want to turn him into assets. Boston has the assets. Yeah. And I think it's a good point too, on the Derek White thing, especially if they can add Drew Holiday as well, because then Dame's in real trouble trying to go up against those two guys for 48 minutes. And I think one of the underrated parts about Lillard is, his postseason resume, like people look at the buzzer beaters and whatnot. I remember back to 2019 when he got completely outplayed by Steph Curry without Kevin Durant. And Damian Lillard's numbers in the postseason, like the field goal percentage, the three-point percentage, it's way down from what he's done in the regular season. But to the point on Drew, so if you look at sort of what they could possibly offer the Celtics, and the Clippers are a team that we know that was in on the Brogdon sweepstakes originally, so maybe they could get into it. But a couple of other things that I was looking at in terms of some deals that could probably, if you were just going to do one straight up, where basically it's Brogdon and Rob, Rob being the young piece, I don't know how appealing that is to Portland because they just picked up Aiton. So I don't know if they I want I don't think Rob. it is. Yeah. yeah I think it, so, but I think you can do Brogdon and patch together a couple contracts and do it that way, right? Yeah. And I also think you could do it with some other teams. Like if you added the Clippers into this, like as I was mentioning with the Brogdon situation, if the Celts could trade for Holiday, the Clippers get Brogdon out of that deal and Portland gets Marcus Morris. Yeah, yeah, just Marcus two Morris, expirings back. Yeah, and picks. And the Celtics would have to probably send out Robert Williams in that deal as well or a couple of other contracts just to make the money work on their end for bringing in the... Well, wait a second. I, I, I'm not excited about sending out... Rob, I know Robert Williams, it's fashionable to just say, we can't trust this guy. We yeah. don't know if he's ever going to be healthy during a playoffs, but he's still pretty young. Like to me, he's not a throw in. Now, if it's like, that's the price for Drew Holiday is Brogdon and Rob. You got to consider it, especially because you still have Horford, you still have Porzingis, but I really feel like you can get Drew in the, in 
you know, they're going to be competing against Miami, which is another piece of this, right? Because right. Miami can still do they and maybe Hero's not in the trade, but Lowry could be in it. Lowry plus a shitload of picks, and maybe they throw in Jovich and basically eighty percent of what they're going to pay for Dame anyway. Maybe maybe Drew's the guy, and that scares me more than anything because Drew is like the perfect Miami Heat guy, you know, yeah. and that's somebody that I would not want to see in a series. And if you remember, like he did really well against us a couple of years ago, yeah, in that in that series against Boston that they ended up winning. Yeah, well, it took Tatum a couple of years to adjust to him, like because yeah. now Tatum can just overpower him. But him and Lowry in the past have given Tatum issues in terms of like they would just get underneath them and take the ball away. But Tatum, as the years gone on, he's got better against those smaller well, defenders. Now, now it's now it's Superman Tatum. <laughs> now yeah. Tatum yeah. is two hundred ninety pounds. You're not going to with Drew, Drew Holiday. And I text you about big. that. I, 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 I got to tell you, stop deadlifting four hundred and ninety five pounds. I, yeah. I don't know any jack shooters besides Desmond Bain, but he has like T Rex arms. The guy is like the smallest arms in the league like in terms of a length. I don't like it either. So the other thing I was thinking in terms of that is, what if you got really creative with this, where Holiday comes to the Celtics? Don't trade Derek White. I'm going to hang up. No, no, I'm I would never trade him. All right, I told you trade Derek White. You, I'm out. I'm leaving. No, you come to the meetings, man. You come to the Derek White fan club meetings. I would yeah, never okay, trade great. Derek White. Right, so, so I make sure I love Derek. White. So Minnesota, how about they're trying to get off maybe this Towns situation? Where Towns and to make the money work, Towns and Horford go to the Blazers. You could obviously. You're Portland. You eventually flip Horford just to make the money work. Minnesota gets Brogdon and Sam Hauser in that deal. Towns ends up going to the Blazers. For Towns? Yes. So Towns goes to the Blazers to help out that team that's got all these young guards. (laughs) I think you've just been fired as my trade trade machine advisor. Towns is worth more than that. I mean, Towns is 25 and 10 two years ago. I thought you were going to say... Towns to the Celtics, and I started to get really nervous where you were going with that. No, I thought about that in the summer, but then I decided against I don't, it. I do not think Towns in Boston would be a good idea. That like some of his histrionics would probably not go over well. The, the Minnesota piece is interesting for Drew. I mean, if you're talking about who would be teams that the Celtics are competing against for Drew, Miami's number one. Um, Minnesota, if if Towns was really on the table. Because, you know, I had talked about how much Towns and Lillard made sense just as the foundation of a trade. And um, right afterwards, a couple of reporters from Portland were like, Portland adamantly does not want Carl Anthony Towns. So they, oh, that, okay. that clearly came from the Portland side. I yeah. don't think Towns has the greatest reputation, but maybe if it's for Drew Holiday, maybe that's maybe that's a different um, whatever. The, the other one I was thinking was, is there a Denver possibility? And could Michael Porter Jr. with that big contract he has, but plays a position that Portland's not loaded in, would Denver even want to move off Michael Porter Jr. after some of the great stuff he did in the playoffs last year? But um, could that be, could you just be thinking Murray and Drew as a backcourt? Um, I don't think Denver, I personally don't think Denver will do anything. Um, another one would be Golden State. He's like the classic Warriors guy. They have the Chris Paul contract. Then they would. Then Portland would have to figure out what to do with Chris Paul, um, and then Toronto, I think, would be another one because we know they were kicking the tires on Dame. And could there be an OG and an OB? Drew Holiday basically flipped those dude, put him with Schroeder. Um, I think Boston, Boston, and Miami are probably the finalists for this. Philly doesn't have the picks. Philly could get Maxi involved, but I, they've been pretty clear they don't want to talk about 
trading Maxi. And then Brooklyn, I think, would be the other one because Brooklyn's got a shit. They have all those Phoenix picks. They have a couple Dallas picks. And, uh, you know, they, they have the contracts they could put together pretty easily to make that move. Well, but now I, I guess feel- the question, if, the, if Boston got the, got holiday, would you feel like they're the prohibitive favorites? Yeah. I feel like they would leap in front of Milwaukee. So when, yeah. I think they still, as I said, I think Milwaukee right now, I mean, that's a great one, two punch you can have. I do wonder about Dame wearing down in the postseason. but if you can add Drew holiday to the mix, who's obviously going to be pissed off. He's a guy that helped them win a championship has been one of the best defenders in the NBA for a long time. And if you can bring him here, that my concern now is if you, if Drew goes to Miami, then I think you open it up again, where now Miami looks maybe stronger than the Celtics, or at least you're a lot more worried about Miami, because if you get Drew holiday, I think, and I know Miami can always do something down the road. You basically eliminate Miami. It feels like, okay, if you get Drew holiday into the mix and that Celtics team knock on wood gets to the postseason healthy, I feel a lot better about that group compared to where they were a year ago. But the other thing I would say about Miami is I'm interested. Is Portland going to want to do business with Miami? Because they didn't like, and I know it's a totally different player now, but obviously those negotiations didn't go well. Like that offer was out there forever. And maybe it's just, hey, they didn't like Hero because they had plenty of guards. But what changes about that now? Like if Miami's going to pull that deal off, they would have to get a third team involved, right? that likes hero because that's sort of like the main piece in the deal. And clearly we talked about this for months that Miami didn't like that piece originally. So if I'm the Celtics, like I'm trying to do this as quickly as I possibly can, like to try to get drew holiday in the building, because you know that Miami now this is what they do, right? This is the next, not that drew holidays, a superstar. He's not even close to Lillard in terms of his reputation in the NBA, right? In terms of the star power, but this is what they do. They're going to go after, the next guy. So if I'm the Celtics and I look at this window right now, I really felt like Golden State two years ago was turned out to be the better team in the finals, but they let that one in some sense. They came undone right after that game four. Last year, you have the Tatum ankle injury in game seven. Maybe you still win. And I do think sort of an underrated part of that was Brogdon going down because he was one of the Celtics best players in the postseason, despite some of the stuff during the regular season where he didn't rate out in the impact metrics. He was great for them in the postseason. So that's two years in a row where you've been really close. And this is a guy that could completely swing things for you where you have your on-ball defenders, I would say, based on what we saw last year from Marcus, is you'd actually get an upgrade. After you lost Marcus Smart and the questions yeah. that we have about the backcourt, you actually upgrade there. And then you have White, you have Drew Holiday on the wings. You still have Tatum, who I believe is going to be all first-team defense this year. He brings it every night on that side of the ball to go along with Jalen, and then this new wrinkle that you have in Porzingis, to me, this becomes unequivocally the deepest team in the league. Now, obviously, you would have to see what's going on out west with Jokic, and that team's just a machine. But Drew Holiday is the piece to me that puts them over the top, and the fact that Damian Lillard ended up going to Milwaukee and Miami, I do think this makes the path at least smaller for the Celtics, like the teams you'd be concerned about if you could get Holiday in the building. Yeah, they... uh the, I guess the contract thing would be the the, the negative with Drew. Yeah. Because he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. They just gave Porzingis this extension. They got Jalen's. His contract goes up. It, it jumps big time in the year. They still have Tatum as a franchise guy. They still have Rob. So then Drew's probably, especially next year, where a lot of teams have cap space, but there's not, not really a, a slew of awesome free agents. So he's probably still a $30 million guy next year. Now you can try to trade for him 
and do an extension for him now. I think I've always been a way bigger fan of his than most. I probably overrate him. Um, every time I do like my trade value, I always put him, you know, 10 spots higher than maybe I think people think he should be. I just think I, he's a winning player and he proved it. They won the finals with him. He was the second best guy in that team and, uh, and came through in big moments over and over again for them. And now his stock's down because he got his ass kicked in the Miami series. But I don't feel like athletically he slipped. I just think that was a fluke event, you know, and, and, um, if they could get him, I guarantee Golden State will try to get him. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think I, Golden State and Miami will kick the tires hard. There'll probably be some mystery team. I think OKC makes a ton of sense for him. You know, at some point, they've got to cash in on some of those picks. And um, I look at them as a potential 50 win team anyway, even if they didn't get somebody like him. So, you know, and he's also a fantastic guy by all accounts. Like, everybody, yeah, just like an unassailably great character guy, which was. Interesting that it seemed like Giannis really pushed for this trade and really wanted Dame and, you know, uh, put a lot of pressure on them to do something. It was interesting that Drew ended up being the fall guy. I didn't think, I did a podcast yesterday with Waz and I, I didn't see the path for Milwaukee because they just I, didn't seem like they had enough picks. But then I, this Aiton thing falls yeah. out of nowhere and all of a sudden that's like a great trade for Portland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I look at the trade, too, from Portland's standpoint. I guess they just really like Aiton, which is kind of a weird thing to say after what we've seen from him in the past couple of postseasons, especially, look, I know that they obviously didn't want Hero, but there was a lot of picks that could have been attached to that as well. But just in terms of... Well, but they they dumped Nurkic's contract yeah, in that trade, true. too. And, that you know, he's got three years left. I'm not a fan. So they turned him into somebody who's been a guaranteed 17 and 10 his entire career who's played in big games and wanted to be on a different team. I, I thought that part of the trade was a no brainer. And yeah, I thought what they got back was better than anything else. I read that they were being offered. That's for sure. Yeah. And with golden state, like what's, what's their offer? Like what, what are their young player? Who are their appealing one young players? Cause I remember that thing a couple of years ago where they tried to do the two timelines and it doesn't really feel like any of those guys, like, is it Kaminga or Moody would have to be in that yeah, deal? And do they want to get rid of Kaminga? Yeah, it's it's probably Chris Paul, Kaminga, a pick, a swap. You know, it's a, we go down that road. But Kaminga yeah. would be the prize. But I really like Kaminga. Yeah. You know, and, and you're only trading Kaminga unless you feel like you've elevated your team to be, like, the favorite in the West. Maybe that's, you know, if, if they think they can get something out of Chris, maybe you don't do anything. It's... The Lakers have to be taken seriously too, but they can't really do anything until December. They, they basically re-signed Russell to be able to trade him down the road, but that can't happen. So there could be a situation where Portland doesn't love what they let, what they get offered initially. And they just say, well, fuck it. We'll go into the season. Um, Drew, makes on, way, Drew makes way more sense next to Scoot than Dame did. Dame and Scoot together made no sense. Like they, what happened was once they got Scoot, that changed all the parameters for whatever they promised Dame. And it was like clear, all right, now it's time to trade Dame. But you could put Drew Holiday next to him 
and you can have Simons and you have Sharp and I, you know, there's a world where Drew stays or you hope like, all right, in February, he's worth twice as much as he is now, but yeah. it's a fun trade piece. Cause that guy's a winning player, man. There's not a lot of them. Like I think white is like this too, where you, you really have to watch it every day to value all the stuff that guy, the guy's doing. So, yeah, well, I mean, we found that out last year. The coach himself yeah. didn't really value what Derek White did because he wasn't getting the fourth quarter minutes. It was Marcus Smart and Brogdon played more minutes than well, him. In. Mar- yeah, Marcus is putting himself in. So that's, probably- <laughs> that's true. But yeah. I will say this about the Drew Holiday piece. Like if he came to the Celtics and some of the criticism that he's taken recently is going back to that Miami series where he was guarding Jimmy Butler, who's A, significantly bigger than him. And B, he had to take on more of an offensive role because of the fact that Middleton really wasn't the same guy and Giannis went down with the yeah. injury. If he comes to the Celtics, there is immediately three guys definitively that are better scorers than him when we're talking about Tatum, obviously, Jalen Brown, and the Porzingis wrinkle to this as well. There's just, he's not going to be relied on for his offense. You're relying on him more for his defense and maybe a little bit of playmaking, but also you have Derek White too. So this yeah. to me, like, makes perfect sense for Drew Holiday at this point in his career. Like if I'm, and I'm a little biased, obviously, but if I'm looking at teams, the two teams, the only two teams that make sense to me are Miami and the Celtics. I just don't know how he fits into that. Well, there's one other one. We didn't mention that. We didn't mention the Knicks yet. Oh, and tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have assets. Now the question for them is there's a couple teams that I can't get a feel for because we know there's more people. We know the Mitchell trade request is coming. We know Giannis might be available down the road. Um, who knows with Pascal Siakam? Like, there's always going to be two or three guys. If you're the Knicks, and you could, I don't know, could you turn, could you turn RJ Barrett into, into Holiday? Would you want to do that? Like, that's a lot. That's a young piece, but the salaries are around the same. If you're Portland, you want to do a trade like that because now you're getting somebody in a different position than Scoot and Simons. Or do you think about like, could we turn quickly and Randall into, uh, could we turn quickly and Randall into, um, into, into Drew with some picks? Um, yeah, I just feel like the Knicks are going to be heard from in this because they, they're valuing these character guys, these gritty, hard, hard fighting, whatever. And he fits in with that. So if you have him, you have Josh Hart and Brunson. And RJ, like that, that's like a team with an identity, but I don't know what their Mitchell timetable is. Yeah. And I do wonder from a Knicks angle on this, I look at them as a really good team. We saw them, they played the Celtics incredibly tough. It felt like the Celtics had issues with them every time they played them. But will the Portland Trailblazers sort of do right? And we didn't see it with Lillard, but will they actually do right by Holiday? Where Holiday is like, listen, and he's spoken multiple times about the fact that like this may be it for him in terms of his contract. He may be done after this in terms of like his longevity in Mm. the NBA. So I do wonder if it's like they understand. He's been around a while, I think. Yeah. He's yeah, one of those guys who's been in the league since like 1995. It's like, wait, you were in the 1995 draft? No, he's he was in he the was Curry draft. Yeah, yeah, he was late 2009. He was in the Curry yeah. draft, and then he was traded in the what was it, the Nerlens deal? Everyone's like, for two minutes, they were like interviewing Nerlens about him. Right. Who was he going to link up with? Oh, was it Anthony Davis at the time? It's like, oh, the two Kentucky yeah. big men. It's like, oh yeah, that lasted for two minutes. But I do wonder if Portland, like at this point, is like, all right, we know that you don't want to be here. We're going to try to do right by you. Like, what are the teams you possibly would want to go to? Even though they had this, like, loyalty to Lillard, Lillard's Fair, camp was like... They're not doing that. They're they're trading him for the best. They have no loyalty to this guy. 
I, the yeah. bigger question for me is, would you be happy playing with us for a year? And what does he, does he say? Like, I want to be in a contender. He's already won a title. The thing that's going to motivate him is what's my next contract? How am I in a position where I can make one more like 120 million for three years type of deal? And what's the best situation for me versus, you know, oh my God, you got to trade me to a contender. I got to get one. Here you got one. Yeah. Well, Bill, this is the thing that I would say, and this is what I want to hear from a Celtics angle on this, is Tatum is now a guy in the league, right? Like, And I know this might, may sound corny, but he has a million he's commercials. A, a large, does, large, muscular guy. He, yeah, he's massive. Might have too much muscle. Hey, can we have an intervention with him? Yeah, I mean, I I've been telling you, man, the guy... This the is guy, why Anthony Davis did this two years ago, and it did not work out well. Like, sometimes your body is your body, and it should be... You might be a lanky guy. I He's definitely a lanky, big shoulders guy, but I don't yeah. want him to be, you know, Charles Oakley. I'm, I'm concerned about it. He gets to the free throw line more than enough now. And if you look at his three-point shooting, and I get the attempts get more difficult as you become the guy on the team, but it goes down every yeah. year. And I have to right. imagine putting on weight every offseason can have can fuck with your shot a little bit, right? Because it's like the mechanics of it. Like I just cool. worry about the tear on the, on the ligaments and the tendons. Yeah. That's where we've seen with basketball over and over again. And then you'll read a story the next year where the guy's like, yeah, I put on too much muscle last year. It was a mistake. My body couldn't handle it. Now I'm at a better weight. But maybe, you know, he's 26. Maybe this is what his body should look like. I don't know. I mean, he's a giant fucking dude. You, have you ever stood next to him? He he's, is big. I've been down like on the floor gigantic. level and been next to him. Yeah, like been near him. He is huge. Yeah. And he's wide too. Like as you mentioned, he's got those wide shoulders. But Oh, I want to say this about Tatum. He has all these commercials. Yeah. He's got Subway. And we heard now LeBron's basically acting like he's saving Team USA by calling guys like as if Tatum wasn't going to play. Like this is the time where you play in the Olympics when you're Jason Tatum. You've already won one. You go back to this one. But LeBron's doing this thing about how he's recruiting everybody. But I do think it's important that Tatum came up on that list. And Tatum now has emerged as like one of the biggest stars in the NBA, right? I'm not saying that he's on like the highest level, but he's right there. So my point with that is Tatum. He's in the, he's in the top eight, I would say. Yeah. So he yeah. should be, and we know that he reached out to Lillard. That was reported by, I believe it was Mark Spears, and Lillard had no interest in coming here. But if you're Tatum, you got to be reaching out to Holiday. Like you got to be trying to figure mm. out, hey, how do I convince Drew Holiday to come here, help us be the final piece? And get into Drew Holiday's head and say, you can cover Damian Lillard. You can go after the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, we're going to be there. We basically right. reside in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I want to hear is like Tatum. And now that Jalen has committed long-term to the organization, like those guys got to be going after him. The only thing I worry about, if like we hear stuff about Tatum and Jalen, it's like, does Brogdon get even more pissed? Because Brogdon already knows that he was traded once. And if he sees yeah. his guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, trying to recruit, Drew Holiday to come here. And I know it's different because it's a trade. Well, then does Malcolm Brogdon look at it like, wait, hold on. I know that I'm the piece. Like I would have to be the piece that goes out in that deal. But either way, like whatever. The Brogdon thing's tough because the reason he was available for the price that he was available in the first place is he's not healthy enough. Yeah. Talented dude. And the question is physically, what are you getting? Can you rely on him? Can you play nine straight months? So what happens? I'm in the playoffs, six man award, and then can't make it through the playoffs. Right. And you could say, well, it's a fluke injury that could happen to anybody, but he just has a lot of them. And, um, I, you know, the thing is it's a business. 
it's the same way both ways, right? When dudes ditch a team, they go to another team or somebody gets traded. If I'm him, I'm looking at it like they just traded Marcus Smart. I'm in an unbelievable spot with this team now. I'm in the same six-man role, but I actually might have a chance to close games in the right matchups. The Marcus shadow is out of there. Like, Just get over it. You're in a trade. They're trying to get Porzingis, who averaged 23 a game. You got to give up something to get something. Like you're not just getting Porzingis for like a bag of basketballs. Like you got to give up an asset back, and he was enough of an asset to be the centerpiece of that trade. So um, I don't know. I, I just feel like he was in a good spot. Yeah, and we I haven't think heard from him, which is weird because he's one of those guys who's available and out there, and he's a great talker. And I'm surprised we haven't heard anything yet, or, or have we? I don't. No. I don't feel like we have. No, not really. Just like speculation on how he feels. And I, I think that too, the fact that we could clearly see in that heat series that the Celtics needed Brogdon, I think that actually helps because now it's like, hey, we don't have Marcus Smart anymore. Like we need you. Yeah. We actually need your scoring, right? Because this went from a position of depth where it's like, oh, you need Brogdon, right? Because it's not like De- Derek White's a great player, but it's not like you're going to have him out there trying to be like the main scorer on a second unit at times. Brogdon may have to be that guy, but overall, well, like you, you know, this, cause we talked about it. They were at their best when it was him and white together with Jalen and Tatum. That yeah. was their best lineup. Those and they barely guys, used it. They barely used it. And then Brogdon got hurt. But I thought in the playoffs, one of the things that really hurt them in the Miami series was they didn't have that gear to go to because they had better guards in Miami, you know, and, or if Brogdon was healthy, they did. And that was a lineup that I think really would have helped them. And they, they just, you know, could never do it. So I, I still, if, if they do nothing and they come back with the team they have, I'm still excited to watch it. I'm way more worried about Porzingis than any other piece of this because them trading for somebody who then it turns out he was hurt, who also has the injury history he has. Like, it's hard not to freak out about that. Oh, you mean like signing a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, similar to that, like signing a guy that's... <laughs> well, Juju has, he only has one leg. That's different. He, he has... <laughs> Yes, a fake left leg. So that's fine. Yeah, you know um, who I can't wait to watch is Jordan Walsh. I, I like. I think it's going to be. He's going to um, play. Yeah. yeah, defense is going to. If if he can ever get the D and the three and D, and we'll see. It's like not a ton of attempts that he had at the collegiate three, but if he can just hit a three like a couple of times a game, I mean, the, he's got a seven-two wingspan. I mean, I the guy, well, that crowd's going to love him. My yeah. dream. My number one dream would be for the Celtics to somehow pull off a Drew Holiday trade. My number two dream would be for Mac Jones to complete one big third down pass in a big situation. <laughs> I just want to see one. I just want to know what it feels like on, well, a, on a must get third and four for him to just hit somebody in stride and we get like eight yards. Just want to know what, it, what the experience would be like. Oh, I, it, you know, you're completely right on that. I did this whole thing the other day about Mac on third down compared to CJ Stroud on third down. And oh, just, my God. oh my! Just he—he's like the—he's literally right now the best third. And I'm not saying it's going to hold up, but he's the best third down quarterback in the NFL. And we have Mac Jones. Where and I think you mentioned this on your pod, Bill, before we let you go because I know you got to run. But you never feel like he's going to come through. Like you no, just, it's not—it's not just incomplete. It's the receivers falling backwards, or the yeah. ball's going out of bounds, or it's tipped twice. I—I I just have no faith in him and. I th- I makes me feel like one of those Boston radio guys that we always make fun of. Like just, I'm Mr. Negative. I'm going to shit on Mac Jones, but we've seen no evidence that this guy is a winning quarterback. We're just not, we haven't no. seen anything. I think since the, since the win game, I think he's eight and 14. And in like 
those eight wins, we probably didn't score 20 points in half of the wins. Yeah. And we can blame the receivers and blame whatever, but Lombardi made this point on my podcast history. Like, CJ Stroud's got Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who's a rookie, and Robert Woods, who's 35 years old. He's got no offensive line. Right. There's a million ways you could have made excuses for him, but he just goes out there and he completes passes. And Mac, the, to watch this team start slow and look sloppy, and it's like, well, last year it was Patricia's fault. Whose fault was it in the second half of 2021 when the offense fell apart? Whose fault has it been this year? Because we supposedly have this way more innovative offense that, and then Ramondre looking like he got shot by a dark gun in his right thigh and just has no burst or ability to knock anyone over this year. And I just feel like he's hurt and they're not telling us. Yeah. He's legit been one of the worst running backs in the NFL by the advanced metrics, like his rushing yards over expectation. It's all in the negative down. this year. Yeah. He just yeah. goes down the moment he gets hit. It's, and this was the opposite the previous two years where he got, he would just go through three, four people or he'd find a hole and he'd <laughs> yeah. be gone. And it's like, it's not even anything close to that this year. He somehow averaged five yards per carry last year with a bad offensive line and a play caller that had never done it before. And this year he's south of three yards per carry. So I hope that I have to believe he's too good of a player for it not to be an injury thing. And the one thing I'll say the about thing is Barrett, they can beat Dallas. Yeah. Their defense I watched that Dallas game closely because I had way too much money on Dallas and parlays and teasers. And I was just startled by kind of how mediocre they are offensively. They if, you just, if you just shut down CD lamb, nobody else is really open. And they, if it's third and eight, third and seven, and then all of a sudden, if you can pressure Dak a little, he starts getting a little jumpy. And I think this Pat's defense can get to him. And if it's a, you know, you know where it's going to go. It's going to be 17, 13, it's going to be 1916 or 1613 in the fourth quarter. And Mac's going to have the ball and the Pats are going to be down three. And I'm going to be texting you and I'm going to be like, I don't think he's going to get even two first downs right now. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's a penalty or something like that. That's why. Hey, I enjoy watching on Saturdays, man. I'm scouting for the first round quarterbacks other than Caleb Williams and may, because it feels like those guys are going to be off the board. So early, well, that, but that's a key question, right? Cause I might, or might not have texted one of my past friends. this: like, is it terrible if we lose this jets game and we go on three, then you tank the schedule they have coming. And it's like, maybe this is how this should go. Well, um, that's my thing is like, so, all right, say you win that game against the jets and say the Patriots somehow get to like seven wins. What was the season for? You still don't have your quarterback. So now you're in a yeah. worse place to get and it's your a loaded draft. You want to yeah. be in the top. It seems like there's like three legitimate quarterbacks this year. So you got to be in the top five. You're already competing. You got Chicago, you have Carolina, um, you have Denver. And there's one more that seems stinky. There's four that are bad. And yeah. then maybe Minnesota, if they trade cousins, Oh, Arizona. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, the worst three or four is pretty cemented already. And I don't know. I, their defense is probably too good. And you could also go back over those three games and say, Hey, they almost beat Philly. Hey, they only held Miami to 24 points. Hey, we beat the jets in bad weather. Um, but this Dallas game, I think will be the one that tells us, is this team good or not? You know what? I'm, yeah, I'm with you. And I think they should put up a banner like the Colts used to do. Put up a banner for the oh, Dolphins gosh. game. Put up a banner for the Dolphins game. We held Tyreek Hill under 100 yards. We held the Dolphins under 30 points. <laughs> they may never score less than 30 points again the rest of the season. So it's a major, it's a moral victory. 
nobody wants to hear this from us, but I'm turning into ta- sad Twitter video, Instagram video guy, where it's like, I saw some clip the, uh, the yesterday I was forward to a couple of friends of September 04, the Red Sox, when we it, the, the month before the playoffs, when we Rivera blew another save against us. And it was like a, a shit Johnny Damon hit that just fell and we got, and we got the go ahead run. The folk had a strikeout to end the game. And I was like, this is more enjoyable to me than any Red Sox game I've watched this season. Like, just, just show me these old Instagram clips from 04. Show me like the, some of the Brady. I think you probably follow that Brady account where it's yeah. like just is Brady it, videos where it's yeah, like, the random oh, I Tom forgot Brady about Ellis. that one. Oh yeah. my God, 2011. There were so many Brady things. I can't remember anything anymore, but there were so many Brady games and moments that I can't remember half of them at this point. So it's almost more fun to just relive those than watch this current Pats team. I don't want Belichick to go down this way either. So I think the, yeah, I just think sad. he's the greatest coach ever. And to, to be as sloppy and disjointed as they've been really for the last three years, it's not a Brady thing. It's the whole team. Like Brady didn't right. play defense. Brady wasn't jumping off sides or committing a pass interference in the biggest play of the game. Um, there's a general sloppiness and a lack of, I don't know, strategic advantage that just seems like we don't have it anymore. Right? Yeah. I'm with you. I don't want to, and I don't want to see it either because it's like, we didn't, we never saw Brady suck. And like Pierce, when he got like super fat and old, he was on the Clippers. So it's like, he right. wasn't doing it here. Even KG, right? Like he was playing for the Nets and then Minnesota and Ortiz. The, I don't yeah. feel like there was like a terrible Ortiz ending. Was, like I, I feel he great about the MVP. Every, yeah, I feel great about every Ortiz year. Um, yeah, he could have been the MVP. And by the way, that Tom Brady Twitter account you're talking about. Have you seen the Mac one? It's Mac is dirty. It's just like they show him like kicking guys in the nuts and hitting guys in the nuts and sliding up and kicking um, guys. That's the Mac one. That's another I almost, thing I don't like. He he is dirty. Like there's no denying it. Like yeah, he have I the thing is I almost tweeted this today and then I was like I don't want to be that guy but there's just dialogue about whether Mac's dirty or not is pushing people away from the real story where it's like is Mac even mm. a top 20 QB? And he's not. Yeah. He's just not. He's one of the eight worst starting QBs in the league and at some point Lombardi and I talked about this yesterday he said 36 starts. How many do you need before you decide this guy's probably an overqualified backup or an underqualified starter? He's right in that tweener. He's in that Andy Dalton zone. I have enough. Like, I, I have enough because it'd be one thing if he had, like, when Josh Allen wasn't great his first two years, it's like, holy crap, this guy is so athletic. He has a massive arm. If it works, it's going to yeah. be unbelievable, right? Like, if it hits, like, this this is why we're committed to this guy in year three, and this is why we go get Brian Dayball, who's considered to be a really good offensive play caller. With Mac, it's like, noodle arm, not athletic, not big either. Like, he's a small quarterback. That's why it's like, I've seen enough. Right. Like, Well, could he be Brock Purdy on the Niners? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think, Brock's he, more, I think he makes more too athletic. many mistakes. Yeah. yeah. I think Brock and, moves around better. Yeah. And he's, he's good at extending plays. Like that's the difference between him and Jimmy. Like he gave them yeah. a different element when he took over last year. Well, Jimmy's I don't, another one that I think Jimmy might, Jimmy's got six picks in three games. Like this might be last call for him. He's had a bunch of injuries and well, I think he's had some bad throws in these three games. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be interested to see what happens. All right. I gotta go. It's good All to right, see Bill. you. I hope Appreciate- you get Drew Holiday. Me too. Appreciate it, Bill. All right. Thanks, Brian.
All right. Thanks to the boss, Bill Simmons. That was a lot of fun getting into this crazy times where Damian Lillard all of a sudden on the move. Didn't expect it to happen today, but it did. A lot of ripple effects with the Celtics, and we'll see if they can go after Drew Holiday. If they land him, I'm going to be incredibly happy, and we will be doing another bonus spot if the Celtics land Drew Holiday. All right. As always, make sure to get your voicemails in 617-396-7172. You can email your thoughts and questions to offthepike at gmail.com. Full Patriots Cowboys preview coming up later on in the week, and we'll chat with Cousin Sal about the Cowboys as we get ready for another huge one for the Patriots coming up on Sunday. Thanks to Steve Cerruti and Brian Waters for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. 